how is this a game? It's so, so weird. And the thing about them is they're not real either. And AC, right. I want to I want to insert this amazing <gasps> fact, which is I'm going to send you this link. Um, it is a game called <laughs> called Yeah, you want those games, right? So here you go. Now let's <laughs> see you clear them. And it is literally a full ass paid up front video game that is just that bullshit. Like oh my actually God. made. Oh my god. Yes. It's an incredible idea, and I am jealous of the people that made it. Oh my god, that's so funny. Welcome to Can't Let It Go, the show about the things stuck in our heads. My name is Matt, and I use he, him pronouns. Hey, I'm AC. I use they, them pronouns. And today, we're going to talk about Marvel Snap, but also just like free-to-play games in general. I'll tell you why in a second, but first, AC literally maybe 10 seconds ago told me that they had a (laughs) nugget for me, and it was just words that I had never heard in my life. Okay, so I'm I'm sending you a link, okay. um, and um, I want you to open it and watch this video, and then come back to me. <laughs> okay. According to the judgment of the Oratrice Mechanique d'Analyse Cardinal, we now turn to the Oratrice Mechanique d'Analyse Cardinal. Wow. <laughs> the judgment of the Oratrice Mechanique d'Analyse Cardinal. <laughs> okay, so... The thing is, is do you know where the Oratrice Mechanique Danalise Cardinal comes from? It's either anime or like a, it's anime. It's anime. It's Genshin Impact. Oh, yeah. so it's that's the thing I was gonna say. It's either anime or one of those anime games, which Genshin oh, Impact. Correct. I can't yes. believe you brought up Genshin Impact in the episode <laughs> where we're gonna talk about free to play games out of nowhere. Listen. I don't know what Genshin Impact is. Like, that's part of why this is funny to me is like this trend is all over my For You page. And I think Matt, like the reason one of, one of the reasons it's a nugget for me is like there is just this thing that has happened to me my whole life, which is that both everyone that I know and also the algorithm thinks that I'm into anime mm. and I I'm not into anime, but like the algorithm really thinks that I get anime jokes and I really don't. So I Does had to look it up. Just know that you're like non-binary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> is that like I think what the it is? thing is like, yeah, I fit the profile of so if we would like to do some light stereotyping about people who like anime, gay, non-binary, um, into art, likes weird stuff mm-hmm. is a halloween lover fandom fandom making stuff sewing costumes fashion freaking people out i don't know i mean pretty much uh, i i can list on one hand all of the animes that i've ever watched and they were all when i was in middle school um, because I went to a very small middle school, 
um, with like a hundred kids and there were like five weird art kids. And I was one of those five weird art kids. But in um, the early 2000s, um, four of the five weird art kids, so everyone except for me, were um, weird anime art kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just a weird art kid. Right. So, um, shout out to all the I, weird anime art kids. Listen, I mean, I the, listen. <laughs> the weird anime art kids kept me safe. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and I love them dearly. <laughs> so I've been clicking around this audio in TikTok just to, to explain what we're even talking about because you've heard the audio at this point. It's literally people like doing nothing, and then when they say "or trees mechanique denalise cardinal," you got they, it. Like dance to the sort of musical tone, right? And I literally was clicking around and immediately saw a Hank Green video. Yes, there is a Hank Green version. This is like an extremely viral trend on TikTok right now. And it's so weird. I think like it is also like such a funny... I watched a good video recently about like um, how edits are taking over TikTok and how the edits that are taking over TikTok are just like YouTube poop, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Are just this like version of the way that we chop up and redistribute content that it comes from the content machine that as it has always existed like Mm -hmm. it's not new or unique to tiktok it's just a different way of doing it um and i think that these trends like this are so funny i think the the idea of just taking something like this random weird phrase of a from genshin impact and like certainly the person who made the edit of putting those three things, like those three times that this is said together, didn't intend Mm -hmm. (laughs) for people to be like, I am going to do weird dance moves to this. But that is what happened. Are you aware of core core? No. Um, What does that mean? It's just a brand of TikTok, like edit video. That's like, I am, I'm saying that like being 33 and watching, having been on the internet, right, for a long yeah, time. sure. But like teens right now are doing this thing where they edit like random fucking clips. I'm not talking like AMV, I watched anime and I made a music video, right? Mm. Like I'm talking like pick, pick an actor, not even one that you like super love that like did an interview followed by a clip from a TV show and a news clip and the, and then like some stock footage over some emotional music. And uh, the idea is to get across a specific emotion, usually melancholy, nostalgia, like the things that you're like starting to feel for the first time at that age. Right. But do it all without really like saying anything directly. Right. By just using like clips that feel similar to you. Right. Hmm. And to me, it is like, today's amv right it is it's the same it's doing the same thing in the way that you were describing we're like chopping up content and and remaking things huh fascinating well nothing is new art is duplication (laughs) um everything's a remix and you know things at the Pow- the whatever the audio says, the power of the oratrice mechanique, <laughs> Danalise Cardinal. We can now begin the episode. Yeah, this has been your nugget. Begin the episode. It's just <laughs> it is still so fucking wild. You brought up Genshin Impact right hey. before we started this episode. So hey, uh, shout out to the Earth and um, all of the people on it. <laughs> yes, very good shout out, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so specific, pointed. Yes, <laughs> not broad at all. Very intentional. 
Hey, AC, you texted me that you started playing Marvel Snap this week. How'd that happen? Um, well, you talked about Marvel Snap a lot. Mm-hmm. And one thing about me is that um, I have what I call vegetable time mm-hmm. um, at night, which is where I, um, after my partner goes to bed, because my partner goes to bed early, from the hours of usually about 9 p.m. until about 2 a.m., I have something on the television and I play little games on my phone (laughs) and my brain goes into vegetable mode and I do not exist on this planet. Um, And that's how I cope with the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I play a lot of word games, like a lot of sort of random phone games, the ones you're familiar with, the ones you're not. I play like the like endless uh, connections, New York Times connections. I play cozy grove on my computer sometimes while i watch tv it's a good one. cozy grove so fun um but mostly it's like i prefer for it to be on my phone because if i'm on my laptop i fall into the trap of looking at work stuff mm. and i'm much better about that boundary on my phone so the other night i was bored and i was out of like i kind of run my mental fortitude down with word games so i was like i need something different why don't I try this game that Matt really likes? And that's how I downloaded Marvel Snap. Nice. How much have you played? Uh, not not that much. I don't no. know. It feels like a lot to me, but then <laughs> I, then I, it's never that much compared to other people. Can you open it up and like, look at the green number at the top of the home yeah, screen? That's exactly what I was doing. It's the collection Let's level see. number, which we'll have conversations about. It's like 20 something. Okay, so not so very not much. Not a lot. Of yeah. It. I don't think no. you're, you're, you're like technically not even through a tutorial, I think. Um, yeah, 23. 23. Okay, mm-hmm. let me, just to give you an idea, I was playing Marvel Snap right before this just to like get back in the headspace. I'm at collection level 7,018. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, this game came out a year ago. and I, I didn't know numbers went that high. <laughs> yeah. Um, I played it basically all week the week of thanksgiving last year um i didn't have anything better to do family wasn't in town and yeah. i just sat at my computer and played marvel snap for a week it was great that was a real good week honestly I had a good time marvel snap is a card game <laughs> is, yeah. is what i'll lead with it's made by the people who made hearthstone if you're aware of hearthstone which is a card game in the like warcraft world um so great yeah, Blizzard, the company that made Warcraft, made StarCraft, all that stuff. They made, this is 20, 2011, I think. We'll look it up and find out. It was 2014, because I remember I okay. was working at um, Smule um, shortly yeah. after it came out. And it plays, Hearthstone plays a lot like Magic the Gathering. This team made that, and then they did like owned it for a number of years, and a bunch of them went and formed a new company called Second Dinner. And the first game that Second Dinner has released is Marvel Snap. They originally, like, it, it's kind of weird how, like, things came together. But, like, they worked on the mechanics first. And it shows, I think. Because the base game of Marvel Snap, Marvel or not, is incredible. <laughs> like, it takes everything that I love about card games and, like, simplifies it to a level that, like, People who don't enjoy that kind of thing, that kind of thing, a lot of the times can get into and at least can understand, even if they decide it's not for them. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I mentioned on a previous episode that like deck building games, I don't really understand and like don't I don't really get into. And obviously, you know, uh, at level 23, I don't know <laughs> where I'm going from here. But I, I think it's really interesting. You know, the thing that really drew us into this specific conversation is when we started talking about Marvel Snap and you mentioned to me that like you were like buying upgrades to mm-hmm. play Marvel Snap. And I I just never even considered that possibility. Like, I know that a lot of the phone games that I play or have played in the past have these monetized elements to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like, I never would have thought to do that. <laughs> I, I get it. And also, I you use the phrase to have these monetized elements to them. I would say those games would not exist and more if they didn't have them and more people pay for them than you think and then yeah. would admit it. I want to talk so I actually want to spend a good chunk of this episode talking about games monetization and free to play mm. games and whatnot. But I want to start off by saying like this is a stupidly good game and I have mostly yeah. positive feelings about it despite the fact that I'm about to like critique this business model <laughs> and all of that and uh, have plenty of ideas on how it can be made better and how stuff like this uh, could be made better and also even like the monetization of these kinds of games I don't want to walk through I don't have all negative feelings about I think when people are getting yeah. paid to make the things that they you know that they made you know that's value being exchanged we can talk about capitalism and commerce and all that sure, stuff and I plan sure. on it in fact but like I think generally this idea that like people making games um, are trying to find trying to find ways uh, to make a living is cool. I want to say Marvel Snap is very clearly uh, Disney, right? Like making money. Mm, so mm-hmm. that's I'm not super concerned about like this particular game. I'm more thinking about like indie creators and whatnot. Yeah. But Marvel Snap for me has been a journey. I started when it um, opened up on basically 1.0 there was a really long like beta that I was not a part of but when 1.0 launched I had just heard enough from people playing betas specifically like Brendan on uh, into the aether had talked about it a lot um and there was a group in the TWG TWG discord that um started playing it and was really into it and like I said I had a really great time this first few months but the thing that happened for me was I have never been an online competitive multiplayer guy it's just not mm. something that's interesting to me. A lot of it is uh, hyper competitive, um, and I don't get into games to be competitive, right? Like I yeah. get into games to enjoy them, and sure, I want to be good, but I'm not like trying to compete for rank or anything like that. I've played yeah. a bit of Overwatch, also a Blizzard game, and I've never touched. Well, that's not true. I have played maybe three ranked rounds, and I was like, <laughs> I hate this. I just want to enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, don't play a lot of that game because I find the casual play to be a little too sweaty for me. Yeah. But Marvel Snap, I got to a place where I was pretty good at it and was climbing the like actual ranked ladder because it only mm. has a ranked mode. There is not a way to play casual unless you like have a friend that you're like, hi, do you want to play in like the real world or on an instant message oh, or something? Sure. Right. There's friendly battles, but you have to like be planning to sit down and play with someone to do that. But there's only ranked mode in Marvel Snap. And since I was climbing and doing well, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be intentional about this. But that led to some really negative things, which was like mm. me. I, t- I t- said this to you in our text. I said I was starting to experience tilt like poker players do. Uh, the thing about Marvel Snap is, well, 
I love the card gameplay mechanics and I'm obviously a big Marvel fan. The um, there's this sort of betting mechanic where if you think you're going to win the game, maybe you're on turn four out of six or something like that, you can snap and that, there's this like cube at the top. It's supposed to be the the Tesseract, right? Um, yeah. From Avengers. And, and then you gleam um, the cube. And, yeah. Sorry. That's yeah. a different joke. <laughs> that's a different thing. Um, but you, it'll basically double the value of cubes that you get at the end of a game. And cubes is how you progress in rank. You could play this whole thing and never interact with the, the, the cube at all and just never snap. And you'd probably have a good time. But the issue is when you start getting attached to the rank, it's it's also like there's some fun in like bluffing there. There's fun in being confident and hitting snap. Like there's, there's times when I'm like in the middle of a magic, the gathering, like IRL game. And I'm like, man, Mm -hmm. I wish I could like double down on like this play right now. Cause I'm going (laughs) to do fucking great. Yeah. You're, you're betting on your win. And I don't know if you double up and then the other person doubles up, you're now at eight cubes. And if you lose eight cubes, that's now currently the way the game works. That's more than one rank. Right. Mm. And they've worked on that balance over time. But like, I think they've actually gotten to where it's pretty good. Cause if you win eight, right. You can jump from, I don't know, say the uh, rank 57 to 59. Right. Which is a cool thing. That's neat that you can do that. Yeah. But you you can also get to a place where you're like, hey, I'm winning a lot. I'm feeling really confident. And overconfidence can really skew you up. Mm. And, you know, a lack of confidence can do the same. And that, I'm, all I'm doing is describing poker tilt where people just like yeah. lose all their winnings, right? Sure. That is one way in which this game feels like gambling, right? Yeah. Um, in this case, it's not with real money. In this case, it's really just with your mental health. And I had to take um, a long break from the game because of that, where I was like really only opening it up like the last day of the season we'll talk about seasons um <laughs> uh, they're about four or five weeks and i was opening up like the last day just to like play enough to get all the season benefits and mm. and then you know let it move on and that was honestly some of the most fun that i've ever had playing the game because at that point i'm like there's no way i'm climbing to infinite today either zero yeah. stakes here Right. Yeah. And in some ways that was the best I ever played because I didn't have any of the the pressure. Right. Yeah. Snap. I just said the word infinite. It has these sort of uh, you you can rank up like levels one, two, three, four, five, up to ten. When you get out of ten, you're out of the tutorial. Basically, at the end of a season, your rank will drop by 30, but it'll never go below 10. And these days, most seasons, I'm up to 80. Um uh, shout out to the the crew of what we've been calling the Infinites, the people who never hit infinite, which is level 100 <laughs> um, on uh, the TWD, just TWG Discord. Um, I've got to really get good at saying that because. Yeah. <laughs> but Infinite is a card in the game, a character in Marvel. And uh, we've taken to calling the folks who have never hit infinite and and will most likely not and just kind of are enjoying the game. We've been, uh, Callisto X uh, in the TWD, TWG Discord came up with that. Um, and it's been like a nice way, frankly, for me to be like, hey, this is a cool way to experience the game. And like, I don't have to worry about the status of getting up to yeah. rank. And frankly, feeling like this is why I don't play ranked games, right? In, in general, but like I don't have the option in Marvel Snap. Again, I, I, so much of like when I am playing these kinds of games versus like the other video games that we've talked about, like that I've got into over the years, 
like the biggest difference is that I am not playing them to do something. I'm playing them to like fill time and mm-hmm. occupy my brain. And there's a lot of different ways that I have done this over the years. I, you know, do a lot of like crocheting or sewing or crafting or reading or like it just depends on what my hobby of the moment is. And when all of those kinds of things are too much, it's phone games for me. And right. so like, you know, when we were first talking about Snap and you were like, oh, I don't like that there's no casual mode. I was like, what does that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I only play it casually. What does casual mode mean? And like, yeah, I, I understand that there is this like very real I mean, I since I started playing, I actually now have noticed, um, you know, uh, on the train, people playing Snap on their phones. Right. Like mm-hmm. I've actually seen it more now that I like know what it looks like. Right? right. Or like have it in my brain to look for noticing it in places that I, I don't think I would have noticed it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's just very interesting to me because like. Even the same with like that, that poker tilt. I, I just am not, I am competitive in such narrow situations. Like (laughs) I am not as a rule, I am not a competitive person because I don't, I, I prefer like the, the kind of like joy and like the feelings that you get out of like collaboration more than Mm -hmm. competition. Mm -hmm. So I'm often looking for either single, single player games or like collaborative games um and so like last night for the first time i played um the game medium which is like the it's it's like the the game the card game version Mm -hmm. of that like tiktok trend where you're like okay we're gonna think of the same word three two one we each say a word and then we're trying to get to the same word Mm -hmm. so it's just a card game version of that game um and it was very fun but like the thing that i like is that you're like you are competing against each other, but you're working together right. to get to the answer, right? And so I I just don't, like, you, you're going to tell me all of this. I'm going to learn all about Marvel Snap and all about how rankings work and, you know, betting and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm just going to go, okay. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. going to do any of it. <laughs> I, actually, I actually feel very similar to you. I think that... Uh, Rank ranking in games hits on some of my personal worst tendencies, which is to mm-hmm. feel like I have to be good at everything, um, yeah. and and feel really negatively when I'm when I'm not good at things. Um, and the thing is, I am pretty good at this game. The thing I'm not good at is the anxiety of not being good enough. <laughs> like we're down <laughs> oh, in like oh I know we're down in actually. I have talked to my therapist about this game multiple <laughs> times. Okay, like that's yeah. where we're at. And damn. Um, that's the reason I don't get to, in, to infinite. It's not because I'm not mm-hmm. good at the game. It's because I psych myself out because I feel like I have to be good at the game. Mm. And that is rough. I wish that there yeah. was a casual mode, frankly. I have talked about both of these things like really deeply on the YouTube channel, by the way. I did a video recently <laughs> called Broken Games Are Good, actually, which is uh, me ranting about how like uh, multiplayer online games prefer to balance the game for a quote good experience to people, but really feeling overpowered is the thing I go to these games for. And I also did one a year ago um, called Marvel snap is so frustrating, which was me kind of sharing the things that I just did. Yeah. The thing I picked up in our conversation was the thing you said earlier, which is that like, it just doesn't go through your brain to like even put money into these things. No. It, I, 
and I'm not saying this to be like, I'm holier than thou. I'm mm-hmm. not spending my money irresponsibly. Not that I think that investing in your hobbies is irresponsible right. either, right? Like, I think that there is like a certain amount of stigma, right, around like spending money on games on your phone because mm-hmm. of like, especially in our generation, it feels like, because yeah. like, of like the evolution of Candy Crush around yep. and like the way that Candy Crush got monetized is the thing that I always think of. Or like Farmville. Yep. Do you remember Farmville? Farmville, I consider a historic <laughs> moment in this. Correct. Correct. And so, I mean, I think that like, I, I don't think it's embarrassing to spend money on phone games. I don't think it's embarrassing to invest in your hobbies, period. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's just not the place that I think to spend my money. Yeah. And like, and I, I think that like, there's something to be said for even spending my money on like video games it, larger games, right? For mm-hmm. co- or co- right, we can we can be specific. I know the specific terms. <laughs> console games. Right. <laughs> Look at me learning terminology. <laughs> right, spending my money on console games is new to me. So you know, it's just not something that I ever ever entered my mind. That's fair. I think this is a great segue into talking about the App Store. Ooh, tell me about models. it. I want to call it. This is going to be very U.S. focused, um, but I don't think that talking about mobile games. Um, from the perspective of iOS and the US is um, demonstrably different than talking about it um, in regards to Android, um, especially Android as a ways experience in other countries. So let's talk about the ways that you can buy software on an iPhone. Okay, you can do paid up front. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to just rhetorically think about the last time that you paid for an app in the App Store. It was probably a while ago, or it happens once every few years. I paid for I I paid for Lightroom recently. Okay, but Lightroom is a subscription, but you downloaded it in the App Store for free. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. So this is you see the price in the App Store and you pay for it before you ever open the app. It mm-hmm. probably has not happened in a long time. Mhm. Right? Most apps that you download are priced free and then they in-app have purchases. in-app purchases, right? And that mm-hmm. is because it was quickly, quickly discovered when the App Store launched that people are far more likely to use your software if it is free to download, right? This is also why apps that are paid on the App Store are very cheap, often Interesting. like, you know, tenth of what they would cost on the desktop, even if they are just as capable, right? Uh, if there's going to be any message of this episode, it's going to be, there's a lot of shit going on, but you should pay for software. <laughs> <laughs> but the, because, because of this phenomenon that people want to get, you know, these apps for free, I, I get it. People want to use a thing before they, they want to pay for it. Sure. It makes complete sure. sense. A, a free trial is a common thing, even off of phones. Right. And we've got the model for, paying for software that existed for a long time before iPhones and and Android phones on the app store was paid upgrades, right? So you might buy something up front or do a free trial and then they would get to like a 2.0, you know, they do a bunch of like little minor releases and they get to 2.0 and they'd be like, Hey, this is my app too. And you're going to have to buy it again. Maybe there's a, a smaller fee for people that had it before. That's just not a model that frankly, Apple or Google ever enabled right. the Play Store and the App Store. They just didn't let it happen. And for a while there, people were doing it by like, you know, I'm releasing a separate app called My App 2. Interesting. And you're going to have to buy it again if you want to keep using it. The one you used before will keep working. And that was how they did it. I They did this back in the day with like, 
there was a period when the iPad was kind of new that they would release apps and they would have HD at the end. Um, that was how you knew it was an iPad app. Um, <laughs> it was silly. But like, this is a, it's a common pattern that's happened over time. It's just not been enabled on mobile devices at all. Interesting. What happened was instead we got in-app purchases. And you've, I don't have to tell you, like you guys have lived in the world. You know exactly all the kinds of in-app purchases that you can make. Yeah. You can do full unlocks right up front, right? So if somebody gives you like a lifetime purchase right when you open up the app, that's basically a full unlock. Um, yeah. Some apps only work that way, right? Right. Um, there's feature-based unlock. I used uh, a Magic the Gathering collection tracking app that has like certain features that I had to pay $2.99 to unlock one time. Right. Right? Yeah. We all know about subscriptions. We all hate subscriptions. <laughs> They're like inevitability, but they exist because the like because of the things I just told you. Like the economics right. of the app store led us to subscriptions. Right. I'm right. sure that like subscriptions existed before. I'm sure that they would have naturally evolved without the the you know sort of mobile revolution and, and app store and play store. But like the reason they are so prominent is because of App Store and Play Store. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you have one-off purchases. Given Marvel Snap example, you can just straight up buy a bundle um, of a bunch of different in-game things for way too much money. There's currently one selling for $65 in there, which we will talk That's about. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you said you don't pay for things in games and it doesn't come up for you. Is there, like, software that you've spent money on you said Lightroom like what's something or that maybe you regularly spend money on so I think that this is a tough question to answer because most of the software that I would normally spend money on I have access to a both personal use and work use through mm. like through my job um, but in the past, you know, I've paid for any number of like Adobe products or other like creative um, software but I I mean, I pretty much am a, the type of person who primarily works on their computer mm -hmm. and not much else. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't play a lot of computer games in the past. I have like done some of that, but I guess like games aren't software in the same way. Yeah, we're they all conflate are, them and they for, are, for this right? episode. Yeah. For yeah. the purpose of this episode, the, I think for they're... For the purpose of the point. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so like Cozy Grove, right? I, mm -hmm. oh, I bought through the App Store. Yeah. But really, I mean, I think it has primarily been like photo editing or like like digital illustration apps. I guess yeah. maybe Procreate would be a good example mm -hmm. of an app that I have purchased in the App Store. Good app. Um, great. Yeah. I mean, and that was probably about like six months ago. Mm -hmm. And that is more like you're buying like the mm -hmm. whole thing up front. Yeah. In fact, I think that's one that has the price in the App Store. Like, I don't think that you yeah. buy it through an in-app purchase. Right. And then the, um, and then you don't, you can't, you can buy like brushes and packs and things like that, but those come from individual vendors mm -hmm. and not from like you, it, it doesn't have in-app purchases Yeah, in the same way. Okay. Makes sense. So like there's certain brushes that are, and, and, and settings that are preloaded and then you can add, you can buy bundles from people to do same, same thing with Lightroom, right? You can. Mm -hmm buy bundles from people like presets for and, presets yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah i i've done that too i actually pay for this service called setup it is a subscription but it like has a bunch of really great mac apps that just like make using my mac a lot easier um that's a subscription that i have um i don't know i've bought procreate i actually use the affinity stuff and have for a long mm -hmm. time and um bought those up front um 
but also I do spend money on games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, buy bought up front if that's the thing that that game does. But I'll, I've I've spent a decent amount of money on Marvel Snap. Yeah, I want to talk about like how we got here, not just from the App Store, but from like games purchases specifically. Interesting. So games, like if we if we want to look at the like I feel like the true history of in-app purchases in games or microtransactions is the word that gets used when you're talking about games specifically. We need to go back to arcades. Okay. Which were literally putting in quarters into physical machines until you lost the lives that that gave you. Yeah, to play a turn of the game. Yeah, and then you come back when you put another quarter in, right? Mm -hmm. This is where literally the concept of lives in video games basically comes from was a way Mm -hmm. to get more quarters, Right. Yeah. And that was something, you know, that's really only recently, like last 10 years, really exited video games. Right. Yeah. In some cases, you'll still run into it. Um, I mean, hell, Super Mario Wonder just came out and still has lives, but they kind of don't matter. Yeah. And I even in games that have lives, it's like, oh, it just sends you back to like your last save point. Right. It's not like it's not the same as in an arcade where like you don't have a save point. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the first time that you're like really paying Sort of as you play, you're you're paying for time there, and we'll see paying yeah. for time come back in a certain way. But then comes buying games, right? Consoles, PC games, but this comes buying up front. This is in large part still the way most people interact with buying, you know, paying for video yeah. games. This is most of the way that I interact with paying for video games. And I will say recently has become tainted by some of the other business models by being paired with them, which is never fun. Yeah. This one, I even hesitate to call a thing, but I do want to call it out because it's important to compare to the things that come after, which is just sequels, right? Like, we're back to, sure. like, Dickens with this or even, like, ancient times, right? We're back to nothing is original. Yeah. Um, everything yeah. is uh, recycled. Yeah, the concept of sequels was lost and brought back, at, you know, at some point. Like, these are, I see sequels mostly as teams for, to, to take another chance at a game. Right, if we're just yeah. in the game world. But they, frankly, are also another chance for the business, whatever size that business might be, to make more money, right? Yeah. But the thing about sequels is that sequels are a lot of effort. They're very risky from a business standpoint. And when you have people that are happy with your game, another way you can get a little bit another news hit or to make a little bit more money from that game is to release DLC, downloadable content. And this is a thing that is like really, I'm not going to say it's like totally invented in the last 15 years, but in terms of like mainstream, it's been pretty new in the last 15 years or so. Yeah. DLC is not always paid. Sometimes it is free. And when people say the word or like the the, the term DLC, often what they're talking about is a bigger chunk of things. It might be like uh, in Mass Effect, it was like a big new mission, right? With some mm. story content. Yeah. In another game, it might be as a whole new set of maps. Right. Or a set of new characters Um, in trading card games like Marvel Snap that are more single player. It can be like a full set of cards that you now have access to. In Animal Crossing, it's uh, (laughs) an entire different segment of the game where you make uh, villagers uh, vacation homes. Yeah, exactly. I played that DLC. I love it. It's so (laughs) nice. You might hear this called expansions um, and... I don't need to get into the nitty gritty of the difference of those, but I will say the word expansions is typically um, relegated to the multi 
uh, massively multiplayer online MMO space. Um, Interesting. I personally see expansion in that world almost as big as sequel because those are games that are more living, ongoing, World of Warcraft. Right. Um, that kind of thing. Again, we're talking about Blizzard. Um, didn't expect Blizzard to come up so much. <laughs> um, That's so interesting because, like, my context for expansion is, like, I'm thinking about, like, expansion packs. Like, like yeah. Magic the Gathering, right? Like, yeah. Like, literally buying like the expansion packs of like cards or other mm-hmm. like large format tabletop role playing games right. like Warhammer right or something like that where where you're you're buying additional material to expand like your physical game yeah Totally. And that's definitely the model this is borrowing from, for sure. I just think when it comes to games, culturally, expansion seems to be tied more to those living, ongoing games. Sure. Where making a true sequel would be bad for everyone involved, the people making it and and also the people playing it, right? People that are expecting to spend a lot of time in in this game. Uh, I mean, there's a reason that World of Warcraft has never done a sequel, right? Sure, sure. (laughs) And then... We get to, in terms of like history of paying for games, we come to microtransactions. A lot of time when you talk about the first microtransaction, it's not actually the first, but in mainstream, in the sort of mainstream consciousness it is, you'll hear horse armor referred to. And what this is referring to (laughs) is a quote unquote DLC in the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Oh my God. OG. um, (laughs) Where they launched a cosmetic horse armor that was $2.50. And the internet went fucking crazy. That people oh my were God. pissed about a two dollars and fifty cent horse armor because it just wasn't worth the cost. Oh yeah, for sure. I want to remind you. I just talked about a sixty-five dollar bundle in Marvel yeah. Snap that is currently in the shop, and what that gets you is one ticket to play in the ultra competitive mode because there is another mode it's just more competitive it gets oh you God. a cosmetic from an artist i really love but i'm not paying 65 dollars for a jpeg and mm-hmm. some other progression stuff that's not a ton but then basically enough what's called collector's tokens to get another single card in the game so a cosmetic and another card is really what i see here that's that's what you're getting for 65 dollars in games now where a 70 dollar brand new single player game right spider-man 2 that i just finished yeah you know like yeah that that's what that cost for me holy shit yeah so we've definitely come a long way from two dollars and fifty cent horse armor other microtransactions you might be paying for in-game currencies Mm -hmm. you may have heard the phrase loot boxes um there's been lots of talk about loot boxes at um you know like in various governments yeah um, because it's essentially a gambling mechanic if you don't know what a loot box is think of i was we were just talking about magic the gathering opening a pack of cards that's a loot box you don't know what you're gonna get you don't know if you're mechanically gonna get the things you're looking for and you don't know if you're going to monetarily financially get the things that you might be interested in i just went and did a pre-release of the new magic the gathering set on friday night and i'm not opening packs for financial returns in that case i'm i'm doing limited play and which is you build a deck with the stuff you open i didn't get good packs mechanically i i had a great time i spent the 30 bucks knowing what i was getting into sure but i also don't buy packs just to buy packs right yeah. like that's i'm yeah i'm not interested in, in the You're loot not box mechanic collector in that sense right, right? if i'm going to collect something i'm going to go buy the single card even if it seems outrageously priced yeah um, because this is so interesting because sorry go ahead 
I would say that's that's a better option. And in the real world, that's available to me. And it's often not yeah. in these games. Yeah. I think that what's, what's interesting to me is like my context for government regulation around like loot boxes and these these in-app purchases comes from like, you know, all of the like now like safeguards so that kids mm-hmm. can't buy just like endless loot boxes on their parents' devices with their parents' cards or on you know, a kid's account of whatever phone they have, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff um, that has to be connected to the app store to be able to download anything. And this is actually like goes all the way back to like, we have a whole, th- uh, uh, there's a whole thing I've been like, had dealt with at work before where it's like, you can't have a device for work that's 100% separate from your personal Apple ID because mm-hmm. you only have one Apple ID and mm-hmm. like so anyway it's like the the whole um centralization and capitalism of it all right. but like the this the what the context that I have about this this level of like microtransaction monetization is from the like my kids spent a thousand dollars on a game on my phone and I can't get that money back Right. The other thing that you often hear in those conversations is right around like the addiction of gambling, right? Yeah. And like introducing that to kids. Yeah. Specifically. Um, I think it's bad for everyone, but I think kids is an easy way to get something talked about it. Uh, like, for sure. you know, in the government. <laughs> and, well, and-, and also like it's a good it's a good example because it's uh, people who literally like children literally don't aren't able to conceptualize money, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. like I did not know what $20 was when right. I was a child. No, absolutely not. No. Mm-hmm. And like, do I know what $20 is today? Also, no. Right? <laughs> it's not much today. <laughs> but I do have like a stronger sense of actually, wait, Matt, this is a perfect opportunity. We're going to have to take a quick sidebar here okay. uh, to talk about AC's favorite onion article, oh. um, which is my favorite onion article was published in 2010. It is um, the entire U S economy shuts down as everyone realizes money is just like a shared illusion, like a, a mutually <laughs> under a mutually understood, like symbolic shared illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and the piece includes like Ben Bernanke, who was finance you know, j- chair, mm-hmm. whatever. doesn't matter. Uh, like having a million meltdown the, the president having a meltdown this stock trader being like at like a fake quote being like all day i buy and sell and buy and sell and for what what does any of it really mean i'm going home to kiss my wife and it's like <laughs> that's how i feel when i think about like how it must be to be like a kid right like you don't know mm-hmm. what this means but it's also like for people who struggle with like gambling addiction or even just overspending, right? Mm-hmm. Impulsive spending a- as a whole, right? Like, cause there's a whole subset of people out there. And I think that like it's becoming more um, common knowledge or like the, the more people are talking about and trying to destigmatize like the relationships between neurodivergence and like addictive behavior and like that obsessive compulsive disorder or ADHD can impact like your financial habits and your financial spending because of how your brain thinks about and conceptualizes that money as real or not real in the screen of your phone. How dare you at the same time (laughs) 
point out the exact reason I'm going to the doctor next week and I'm also sorry. say the phrase real or not real and flash me back to the end of the Hunger Games books. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am the boy with the bread as always. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, you're totally, you're spot on. Like it, you, I don't know if you're aware of the phrase whale in, in referring to who spends money on these things. Have you heard that term before? I mean, I know what a whale is in gambling context. Yeah, so it's the same thing. It's okay. it's okay. the idea here is that a lot of the people that it, the majority of these games are kept afloat by people that spend the most, right? Yeah, the majority of these games are ke- are kept afloat by people who are spend tens of thousands of dollars. Your right, high rollers, yes, yeah, exactly. And there's been like a newer it's not really new but like a different term kind of brought up because of that called dolphins which are people that spend a good amount of money but are not like going over the top i would call myself like a marvel snap dolphin right like i put multiple games of money into this game but i'm not like concerned about what i'm spending right um i i feel in control of it and know when to pull away right um i do think it's acting on some of my uh you know tendencies as Mm -hmm. a a, a person with a particular neurodivergence, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of my my issues with the game. Back to talking about like what people are spending money on. Yeah. <laughs> These days, you're mostly paying in games for cosmetics. And you might remember the sort of origin of people's hate was like cosmetic horse armor. Yeah. But these days paying for cosmetics is seen as like the good way because the other way that you pay for things in games is called pay to win. You're where you're in some way paying for an advantage, mm, right? Mm-hmm, Sometimes mm-hmm. that advantage is direct, right? Where like I'm paying for an upgrade to the damage my bullets do in the shooter. Right. But people hate that so much. It's like barely a thing anymore. What happens more in pay to win is frankly something Marvel Snap engages in a little bit. Whereas like there's like a an advantage of at the at the lowest end, like this cosmetic has this aspect about it that makes it easier to not be seen or something like that, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Or in Marvel Snap, you have if you spend more money, it's easier to get cards faster, right? right? Because you can go up the collection level, which you know gets you cards there, or in the shop, you now have more currency to to buy those things, even if technically everyone has the same opportunity to buy those things or to gain collection level, you have it faster. And people have been calling it pay to progress. It's just pay to win through. Uh, yeah. You know. And the, the ways that it's not pay to win to shout out to my Marvel snap people who love this game. <laughs> the ways that it's not is that some cards are flops. Not every card yeah. is equally good. Right. But when, you know, when something drops into those like later tiers of the game, and it's very clearly good, you're not going to have the opportunity to get it, right? You're going to have like a less, like far less than 1% chance of getting it in each progressive like cash that you open, which are free, than the person that's spending $400 a month on this game, mm-hmm. right? Interesting. To quickly, because we're um, going to get into free to play and, and a little bit of behavioral design to explain to folks who haven't played Marvel Snap. We shared our collection levels earlier. Yeah. And the way this game works is that as you play it, you go up the collection level. And at certain places in the collection level, you'll get a new card. Right. Or you'll get a new cosmetic or you'll get some in-game currency or whatever. Yeah. And you can theoretically completely free to play this game. I actually have a free to play Marvel Snap account that I don't spend money on. That, like, whenever I'm just, like, I want to play the game, but I don't want to, like, worry myself anymore. I just, like, 
I'm going to go to this account. It's a really easy way for me to like still enjoy it and like detach, right? But the thing about that collection level is that the further you get along that uh, that path, the less often you are getting those benefits. Right. And then it, as you get into like really the upper tiers where I am, it's not just the, the less often you're getting those benefits. It's like the benefits are lesser mm-hmm. and also the cards themselves become farther and farther and farther apart. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed is that you can't use the in-app currency that you earn by like playing and winning to buy cards in the game, at least Correct. not from what I saw. Like you can use it to buy other power-ups or like do upgrades and things like that, but the currency that you win in the game doesn't get you access to other parts of the game, it seems like. Yeah. Does that that's not a, exactly the right way to phrase yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah. but you I, get I what, what I'm trying saying. to say. Yeah. At, so once you get to the the stage where there's no built-in cards on the collection level, they start giving you this extra currency called collector's tokens, which you can then use to buy cards. Interesting. There's also ways to get gold on the collection track, yeah. um, which you can use to buy bundles, which can give you collector's tokens. It's, I mean, the it's so convoluted and there's 17 different currencies because that's the way these games work. That's the way free to play right. games work to get right. you to spend money and to get you to spend more time in the game. But, Either you can yeah. play this game and do all of these annoying little tasks for three weeks until you can have this thing, or you can give me $20 right now and I'll give it to you. Yeah. And in my case, I'm at the stage where like the length I would have to play to get enough collector tokens for a card is multiple months. And I can also just go spend $65 and get a single card right now. 65 fucking dollars for a card. That's crazy. Yeah. So let's talk about free to play games. Uh, So this is to me the theoretical end state of trans of uh, microtransactions. And I'll tell you why it's theoretical because it ended up not being free to play games like to do a few things. They like to do battle passes. This was popularized by Fortnite and a battle pass is a separate sort of progress track. Often there's a free tier and a paid tier where like mm-hmm. you reach a certain level of of that battle pass for the season, right? And you get a reward. And if you're on the paid track as well, you get that reward as well. Marvel Snap has a season pass, they call it. Um, and you can go through different levels. It's basically just, it's pure experience based. It's about, about how much you play. And if you hit like certain like challenges, right? Like I used a five power card four times or something like that. And if you don't pay, there's like, 15 things on that 50 level track you can get, right? Um, Whereas if you pay, you get the seasons, like new season pass card. This this season pass, it's Miss Marvel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What's that? Did you see the little thumbs up emoji pop up just happen? Did it happen? It happened. I'm I've never so gotten into work. <laughs> oh my god, this happened on the end just, of the aether. <laughs> it was just like a bloop, lift a f- thumbs up. <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying to make it happen again. I know that it, uh, it does it not work. It's supposed to do this one. There it goes. My hearts. <laughs> That's so silly. I am obsessed. Wait, can I do it? I don't know how. If you're on the latest Mac OS, it should work. Oh, I don't know if I don't yeah. don't tell my IT person that I don't think I've upgraded my computer this week. 
<laughs> so you get the season pass card. Um, there it goes. I saw it. Oh my God. Um, Perfect. <laughs> and you know, at the end of that track, you can get the sort of, there's uh, like a custom, like a custom variant, an art variant of it. Yeah. So I want to say the art variants in this game rule. Like, yeah, they're you, beautiful. They're, they're gorgeous. They're what got me in the comics art. They're why I have mm-hmm. like two comics on my wall behind me that are from the game and original, like, illustration from Dan Hip of the blue Marvel card he made for hit the game, right? Like yeah. like I I spent good money on that, right? Because I love this game so much and because I love the art uh, of comics so much. And I actually do I I joked earlier it's it's paying x amount of money for a jpeg, right? Sure. In in this game, it's an NFT. Yeah, yeah in a way. it's an NFT in a way. Um, <laughs> without any of the purported ownership bullshit. Correct. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I say I actually find value in that personally. They give yeah. a lot of them to you for free in various ways. And they give you enough free gold that you can buy one every once in a while out of the shop, right? For no real money. And I have spent money on certain ones of them. I literally, AC, I woke up, or didn't woke up. I, I opened up the app for four months straight at 10 p.m. Waiting to get a Hellfire Gala Jubilee in my shop. Because it just wouldn't happen. It was the only variant I wanted. The day that I opened it, like, TWG Marvel Snap discard rejoiced. Like, I I sure spent the $10 it took to get the mm-hmm. gold to get that JPEG. Interesting. I am happy with the fact that I spent that money. Yeah. I also own two physical comics of that art. One that yeah. is, you know, completely empty of any text and one that had, that's just the original um, variant yeah. cover because I loved it so much. I loved that Jubilee art just so much that I wanted it everywhere I could have it. Yeah. This is for me, I think there, it's interesting that they've, that second dinner has identified multiple ways that people can be interested in spending money. Right. Um, art, the art stuff really works on me for other people yeah. having the mechanics of the new card is the thing they want. And I'm not going to say I'm like immune to that either. I definitely like, um, have spent a lot of my like in-game free currency on that. And I'm happy to like get that as a side benefit whenever I pay for something. But the most of my money I've spent in this game is for cosmetics. Um, Interesting. Uh, so another thing that free-to-play games do is they will have you pay for, like people have been calling it energy. And this is similar, very similar to um, arcade games, right? Where you would pay okay. for time played. In this case, I play a game called Toon Blast. There's also one out there called Toy Blast, if you're aware. Um, And you have a number. It's it's really lives is what it is. Okay. But when you run out, you get more over time. Like, they come back one at a time um, after a certain amount. Oh, yeah. Sort of like a life in, like, Kirby. Yeah. um, Sort of, but more predatory. (laughs) Okay. Cool. Great. Yeah, Yeah, more predatory. (laughs) Like, in this case, you get five lives whenever you uh, open it up. And then if you lose those five, they come back one every hour. But I can spend money Mm -hmm. and get a bunch Mm -hmm. of them right now. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also ways to get some from, like, a group. So I'm in a group on that game where I can get five more just because, like, we give each other lives. So you, Yeah. yeah. And that's nice. That's cool. But I don't spend money on that game because it's just, like, a little dumb like match three that I yeah. put on my phone, right? It just Or keep... like like Candy Crush, right? Like yeah, you can exactly. run out of lives in Candy Crush and then you buy more lives so that exactly. you can keep playing. Candy yeah. Crush is the like the primary example of this, I think. Okay. And what this does is it keeps you coming back if you're not the kind of person that to play or to pay. But it also keeps you paying if you don't want to wait. So the game wins either way. Either you are coming back. Yeah. Right? The next day 
or you're giving them money. Yeah, I mean, it's worth saying that for these game apps and for every app in the app store, the goal, I mean, I guess there are some where this isn't Mm -hmm. true, but primarily the goal of every app is to keep you in the app longer because Mm -hmm. the longer you use the app, the more of of your attention they have, the more likely that you are to spend money in one way or another, whether that's Mm in-app purchases, whether that's by making, I mean, I guess not spent, you spend money, you are making them money one way or the other, right? Like there's something to be said here for like, especially when we're talking about these, you know, phone apps, mobile app games, you are the product. Mm -hmm. The product is not the game itself, right? Mm -hmm. You are the product, whether it's you're watching the ads that they serve you, which are terrible and are for weird games. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think if I have to watch, I, Like the times where I get close to paying for something in an app are when I have to watch the apps or the ads for, um, oh God, like just the like really fucking weird games that Mm -hmm. get advertised in other games. Have you seen the one that's like a kitchen pantry and you have to like pick the ones out and it like turns in circles and shit? Yeah, or like the one where it's like, this mother and child are freezing to death. What will you do? Light them on fire or save them? And it's like, I don't, what the fuck? Like, I don't, why is this, how is this a game? It's so so weird. And the thing about them is they're not real either. And AC, I want to, I want to insert this amazing (gasps) fact, which is I'm going to send you this link. Um, It is a game called... (laughs) called yeah you want those games right so here you go now let's see you clear them and it is literally a full ass paid up front video game that is just that bullshit like oh my actually god. made oh my god yes it's an incredible idea and i am jealous of the people that made it oh my god that's so funny I'll put a link in the show notes. Again, it's called, yeah, you want those games, right? So here you go. Now let's see you clear them. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, my God. The, not the kicking the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, like, the first example is them, like, pulling the, uh, I don't know, like, the ropes to, like, let things fall and whatnot. Because yeah. that's the one you always yeah. see. Yeah. Anyway, you're the product, right? Like they want you to spend more time in their apps because, I mean, in one way or another, you're either paying them or they're showing you ads and you're Mm -hmm. putting money in their pockets. Yeah. I'll say the good thing about Marvel Snap is it's not advertising based right now. So purely milking me for money and not, you know, relying on advertisers. I will say that complete free-to-play monetization are like, especially on mobile, the dominant thing right now but even on yeah. like pc like league of legends is huge and has been huge sure. for a long time and it's a free-to-play game that you know that does this thing and i will say that this kind of thing is not even really that old if you look at you know right. mmos right um like it's been this way for a while and specifically all of these business models all the ways that you can pay from pay for things and all the ways that these games keep you there are built and this is what i said to you on our text messages on fomo i'm i don't know you mentioned your partner uh, paying for things in Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if what she's doing in there, but I can think of a couple things you can spend money on. One, you can expand your capacity um, to be able to hold more Pokemon. And two, you can buy more Pokeballs when you run out. I think that it's the mostly the second category. 
like and that's that it's also worth saying that like that's something that i've spent money on before Mm -hmm. when i was playing a lot of pokemon go um in the in the early phases and then even for a few years after um you know it was the thing that i used as my like okay i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna go walk around outside the Mm -hmm. office uh to like take a break and stretch my legs um and that was what I would do is uh, by the buying more Pokeballs or I think buying the like incubators to yep. hatch eggs in the game yeah. um, were things that I would do. And for me, that's that's an, a pure example of FOMO, right? It's the mm-hmm. fear of missing out on catching that Pokemon you really wanted. It's the fear yeah. of, you know, uh, missing out on like never hatching that egg. For me, when I spend money on the season pass, which is the only way that I've intentionally spent money on getting a new card in the game. Um, because frankly, the season pass is very affordable. It's $10 and it, yeah. you get a lot out of it. It's probably the most like worth your money spending you can do in the game. For me, that's the FOMO of not getting to play with this fresh new thing. Yeah. Right. Not getting to play with it when it's fresh and playing it against people that don't have it. So I'm not getting those wins, which is shitty, <laughs> but like yeah. is like real and like hell we mentioned uh, ranking going all the way up to infinite. Infinite status in Snap exists, and and rankings in all other video games exist almost exclusively as a way to keep people playing and therefore yeah. spending. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I looked at today when I was uh, taking these notes was the cosmetics shop, right? Which again is not always money based, but often is rotates. So if you're in there and you don't have enough gold to get a cosmetic. But maybe you're like a few hundred gold away, right? And you see it, you're like, oh, I might never see that again. I might mm-hmm. wait four months opening the app, the app up at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And so today I'm going to spend the $5. Yeah, this is a big thing in the fake economy of Animal Crossing um, yeah. <laughs> that I'm very familiar with. The rotating shop merchandise, you need to have as many bells in your pocket as, uh, as possible at any given time mm-hmm. if you're looking for a specific item. And like it's it's also why like the Animal Crossing like like the people who like farm items or like you know different stuff like why they have like the sales right where y- you know what I'm talking about right mm-hmm. like you like you, if if you haven't played Animal Crossing or you don't know about the, the Animal Crossing subculture basically there are people who gather these items through either straightforward or not straightforward means. Um, and then you can like basically pay them 20 bucks to go to their island and then you can pick out a certain number of items or a certain set of items or a specific item depending on what it is you're looking for and the Mm -hmm. rarity of the item and all of this different stuff. And like, it's also worth saying that like a lot of these, a lot of players like give each other stuff for free and gifting is a big part of the game. But, um, this is, um, also not real world money there's no monetization within animal crossing beyond the game it's like purchasing the game itself and any dlc i think it's so cool that there's like communities that have built up to like trade with each other Uh, okay i'm just gonna say it now a thing that i love is the idea of just regular people trading and and doing commerce with each other right it's fun 
Do I hate capitalism? 100%. Am I chill with commerce? Also 100%. Sure. And like this this idea that you mentioned earlier, paying individual creators for things like presets in yeah. uh, Lightroom or brushes yeah. in uh, Procreate. That stuff is cool to me. I think there are businesses built on that stuff that I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of, but I love to give a random person that I appreciate, right, some money for the work that they did. Right? Yeah. That that's really cool to me, and so I love that there's like a. I, I I remember like when Animal Crossing was brand new, and you know we were uh, you know all at home, like uh, specifically the most recent Animal Crossing, like just the community that built up around like turnip selling, right? Oh my god, the turnip economy! I was big on just like meeting people online and then being like, oh yeah, my turnips are at this, and I would just be like, cool, hopping over there, and there would just be like a turnip selling party. Right. Yeah. Um, and occasionally they'd ask you to trade something, but I never did real world stuff. It was always like Nook Miles tickets, you know. <laughs> Leave a tip of Nook Miles or yeah, bells. Exactly. <laughs> ten Nook Miles or ten thousand bells or whatever, yeah. you know. If I turn on my uh, New Horizons game, I'd have eleven million bells in my bank because of that. That old. <laughs> that oh my god! <laughs> See that this is this is why this is a really good example. This whole episode of like. You know what? Over the last few years, I'm like, I'm a gamer. I've become a gamer. I'm so good. I play games. I know things. And then it's like, hey, AC, what level are you on? 23. Oh, I'm on level 7,000. <laughs> I've um, also been playing the game for a full oh, I, year. No, and- <laughs> no I, I know. I know. I know. But like, I played like 400 plus yeah. something hours of Animal Crossing. And I certainly do not have 11 million bells. I mean, I got 20 million but- in like two weeks. So it's just because I was really min maxing <laughs> but see like this is what i'm saying is like i'm not i just am not my brain does not work that way it Absolutely doesn't okay and i don't like i don't I get stuck thinking about it in the same way that like, I know that you're stuck thinking about it for these other reasons, right? Because your brain Mm -hmm. does work that way. And like, you do want to do these things that you do want to like play these systems or like engage with these systems to have that like satisfaction of like winning and proving Mm -hmm. to yourself that like you are good at this thing. But like, for me, I'm just like, I don't understand it. And therefore I've let it go from my identity. (laughs) (laughs) I wish, I wish that was me. I wish that could be me. Uh, so I, you you know me. I have worked in tech my whole career. Sorry, who um, are you? Oh yeah, <laughs> I've worked in tech my whole career. I've been really interested in in design, design research, experience design, all that stuff for a long time. And people who do this kind of work, especially people who are like building software products, um, are going to be aware of the thing I'm about to mention, which is this book called Hooked by Nir Eyal. Um, this was a big deal. It was brought up a lot around the conversation around loot boxes, actually. Okay, but. Nier wrote this this book called Hooked, and it uh, lays out um, the most famous thing from that book is this thing called the Hook Canvas. And this book and this tool have been used in a subsection of the design world called behavioral design. Um, the idea that you can theoretically design the way that your the user of the thing you're making interacts with that thing, right? Mm-hmm. You can design it for the optimal outcomes for your needs and your business, right? I'm very being very specific to not say the user's needs because um, mm. this is very much a thing where you are trying to 
at best, guide a user through a process. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have an engagement ladder. You have a specific goal for them. Yeah. I will say this is something I feel like every business does in different ways, but the way this is talked about is often, um, I think, can come off manipulative. I have seen Mm. it used for good in things like, Mm -hmm. how can we, and I'm making stuff up just because like I have worked in like the tech side of finance for a long time um, and can't speak to the actual ways, but like, how can we, uh, you know, help people get more money and 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 sure. keep it in ways that help them? Right. That is a way yeah. that I have heard a random person like describe the thing they were working on, and like, you know, we're working at it from behavioral design perspective. And what they often mean is this hook canvas, which starts with an internal trigger, which people the the if you look at a version of the canvas, it often says, "What does the user really want?" Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's an external trigger, which is what does what gets the user to the product, right? The thing that mm-hmm. I am making. And then there's action, which is like the simplest behavior that the user can take in anticipation of a reward, right? And then you would think reward would come next, but I want to call out specifically that it's variable reward. Ooh. Is the reward fulfilling? Does it leave the user wanting more? We're just back to survivor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The interesting thing about this is like this immediately calls to mind loot boxes, card packs, right? Like you are not always going to get what you want, but occasionally you do, right? And even if that's 50-50, it's not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes you really want a reward that's like a good burger and the reward that you get is milk and cookies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, they're poor colons. Um, <laughs> oh, man. But the last step of this this sort of like circular process is investment, which is the, yeah. the words they use is what is the bit of work done uh, to increase the likelihood of returning, right? Interesting. Um, that, and then investment goes back to trigger. What is now, is that investment right. triggering the person returning, right? right? Think about how this might apply to energy and lives, right? The sure. sort of like rebuilding lives. The the trigger is I'm bored, right? Yeah. The action is I play the game and I either get new lives or I don't, which is a variable reward, right? And investment just happens because I've now played the game. I've invested myself. And then maybe the trigger the next time is, oh, I ran out of lives. Mm. And the action might be like, a combo of things. It might be I open the shop and see what bundles are available. Right. Right. And maybe there's one and like I pay for it. The reward there is I get to play the game more. Right. And now yeah. I'm invested because I've played the game and I'm investing myself in it. It's, it is a thing that um, people are intentionally using to build uh, <laughs> Ben Brode, the director of second dinner, who um, you will often find me, uh, uh, talking about because uh, he also uh, plays a lot of Magic the Gathering on YouTube channels that I enjoy, called this the economy loop when he was talking about designing Marvel Snap. Um, and when I looked at their loop, I was like, "You're just doing near it, y'all." Like that, that's what we're that's what's happening here. I, I had a I had a good day the other day when uh, I texted you that uh, Ben interacted with me on Threads, which was fun. Yes, um. <laughs> yeah. I had no context for that, but I was happy for you. Yeah. I say this is most of what I have to say. I just want to say again that I really love this game, and in fact, yeah. um, it has inspired me to want to make games. Oh. Neurodivergence has led to that not necessarily taking shape, but we'll get there. Sure. And one of the things I frankly want to do is make a game inspired by this that doesn't do any of things right that is very intentionally 
respectful of people's uh, attention and wallet and time Mm -hmm. and also just does other things I'm interested in. I would love story, right? I love story video games. I want, you know, I've talked to a friend about like writing a thing with me. I I was like, that's like my dream game, which people never make their dream game the first game they make. Right. Right. But like, that's the thing in the future that I want. I want to do, you know, whether it's multiplayer or single player, I actually don't care. Right. I actually Mm -hmm. prefer single player games because then I can do things like make fucking crazy combos without having to worry about balancing the game for for multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think about like uh, I would love to play a game that's like has the story level involvement of like something like Hades Mm -hmm. that isn't a roguelike because I mean I've talked about how like Hades is the only roguelike I've ever played Mm -hmm. and 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 it's one that I really like and enjoy and I I have a lot of fun playing it Um, but it's also that's the only it did not make me go Mm -hmm. search out more games that use that mechanic of play, I'm there for the story, right? Like, and I would love something like Marvel Snap tied to a story. Like, that sounds cool and interesting. And like, I think that like, there's something to be said for like, you know, we haven't really talked about Gwent, which is my other context for like, uh, some sort of like, online game like this that uses that's how we got to talking about marvel Mm -hmm. snap in the first place gwent within the witcher games right again not monetized outside of the game to my knowledge anyway well they do have they have a gwent that is uh, it's like a separate game that is monetized oh interesting 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 okay okay well then never mind i take it all back Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh but you're right playing gwent it's a good example right game is very similar and there's a game called gwent thronebreaker which is a story-based game where you play rounds of gwent right yeah that is just it's just paid once yeah that's what yeah that's where i was going is like i know that this game exists i've never played it because i don't get gwent um Mm -hmm. But I think, interestingly, I have felt as I've started to play, even just only being, you know, at collection level 23, (laughs) I do feel like I sort of understand the mechanics of Snap, right? Yeah. And that in turn, like Marvel Snap. And so that in in turn has actually made me feel like maybe I can understand Gwent mechanics a little bit differently, right? And I don't know what it is about the difference of like left to right versus top to bottom, right? Gwent is confusing. But there's something, it does feel like there's something there, right? It's like a very similar structure of game too, right? Like, so the, the, there's more rules. It is more complex. There's more layers. There's more kind of actions and options that are more preset or less preset. But I think that like, There is also something, I think, to Marvel Snap's credit, right, that, like, even someone like me who's like, oh, this type of betting game isn't really for me. This type of card game isn't usually for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm interested and I want to keep playing. I Mm -hmm. like it. I'm with you. The art is really cool. The, like, frame break is cool, Mm -hmm. right? Like (laughs) Frame break. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like like there there are these features that do successfully, you yeah. know, do that trigger an investment cycle for yeah. me. I am interested in continuing to play. Yeah, I there's so much that I love about this game. Um you mentioned the art. I love the uh upgrades. So, mm-hmm. for people who haven't played, you don't upgrade for like mechanical reasons. You upgrade yeah. purely for cosmetic reasons. So you uh you use two free currencies, which is annoying, but you use two free currencies to upgrade cards on like five or six different levels and as you do, the art changes. So the first one 
the art breaks out of the frame, right? The second one, it becomes 3D. Yeah. Um, the third one, I, I don't remember exactly the order, but like one of them's animated, you know? And then in the last one, you get like the infinity border, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, used to look really ugly. It was like this like kind of <laughs> muted light purple and people complained so much, they made it way cooler. <laughs> And uh, bullying works. Yeah. <laughs> um, the but like and then when you uh, you get up to infinity, you can split a card and you get a new one that is the same art, but has like foil treatment to it. Yeah. And then if you split like five or six times, you get a chance for it to be a gold foil or an inked which is my favorite. I am like collecting mm. inks. So I have like three different Jubilee inks just because I play her so much and love her so much. Um, I have two different Dr. Doom inks, but it like inks make it look like a comic book. That's really all it does. Yeah. It makes the art look yeah. like a comic book. It's really neat. What What is Jubilee's power in the game? She's a 4-1 that pulls mm-hmm. another card to that location. Interesting. Yeah. I, th- I find it odd that we have gone this whole thing and haven't just like explained the basics of the game. I mean... We can. We're we're not talking. We're not talking about the game, Matt. Yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about the theoretical concepts behind the right. game. Because because we're not normal people. We're not like <laughs> we're stuck on this game that we both like playing. We're like we're stuck thinking about how this game that we both like playing impacts our world and our lives and how we think about things. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> we're, and we're our mental cool, health and the drugs okay? that I'm going to take later. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the prescribed drugs, to be very clear. Um, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I might take some unprescribed ones. Yeah. Who knows? Sure. <laughs> I want to, like, I want to call out that, like I said in the beginning, I think one of the things that we can do just as, like, people, if we want things like this to get better, is to be willing to and actually pay for software. Yeah. Um, I don't think all in-app purchases are bad. I don't think all microtransactions are bad. But if we want to see fewer junky free-to-play games in the world, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that we can do is be willing to to spend money on games. And I realize that comes with like a whole question of economics and like the ability of people to play games. Sure. But I think that if you have that available to you, putting your money towards those things is a way that we can improve. It's not going to move the needle on infinite growth bullshit you know and c-suite and and uh shareholder bullshit but it's a thing that we can um we can signal as you know people playing these things yeah but i also think that it's like it's worth saying right like i don't know when i started we started playing games and we were buying console games or my friends were buying console games when we were teenagers right like a part of the whole thing was like you could save up Mm -hmm. to play a game right like you could save up the $65 or whatever, however much the game cost to buy the game. And then you mm-hmm. owned the physical disc, right? And like, we didn't even get into like the, the console <laughs> game, physical versus digital yeah. licensing versus, you know, you're owning your mm-hmm. copy of the game outright. Um, but the like, their, their feel, it actually like if we're talking about like cost and accessibility, there is something that feels less accessible about a game where you are making multiple purchases that Mm -hmm. add up to thousands of dollars potentially over time to be able to play the game in the way that you enjoy 
versus saving up to be able to buy a game that you like and you might play endlessly mm-hmm. one time, right? And so I think that like, I'm with you, right? Being willing to pay for software. And like, I've been the person who's opened the game, like, you know, the game store on Mm -hmm. my Nintendo Switch and been like, why does Mario need 65 more of my dollars? (laughs) Like, come on. Yeah. But on the flip side, right? Like, I, I just choose to wait. And then I do usually eventually purchase those games that I want to play but I might do it on a more delayed cycle because I'm not as willing to make that like big investment up front. And I know that that's different for different people. Um, but I think it's like something interesting to consider. Yeah. Two things. Physical games can be bought used and you should do that if that's something you want. And two, I also want to say that one of the reasons for the prominence of free to play games is because people don't have the money to send on games. So I just want to call Mm -hmm. that out because I know that's probably feedback we'll hear. Um, and that's, I get it. And like like I said, it's not like I'm, I'm here talking about how much I love Marvel Snap and also critiquing it. So 100% on board yeah. with that idea. I mean, I also don't spend money on games <laughs> because I spent so much of my life not having money to spend on games. Right. When Farmville was popular and all my friends were playing Farmville and spending $5 on upgrades, I didn't have $5 to spend on <laughs> upgrades. I had $5 to spend on a hot dog from the Dirty Curdy stand and a beer, okay? Right? Like, like I, I don't know that there is... I don't have, like, a context where spending money on this was something that, like, my impulse spending went to. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that, like, I want people to be able to play games and I want free to play games to continue to exist. I know that ads are the trade-off, but I also think that like, it also feels hard to say I want free to play games to continue to exist when, you know, that whole pay to win, pay to progress element Mm -hmm. is a part of it. Right. I I do want to say too, that um, one of the reasons I care so much is because that like, despite the games that we know being made by like capitalist capitalist interests and interested Mm -hmm. in milking us for every dollar, lots of individuals and smaller teams are out there that would love you love to just like sell things to you up front. Right. They would love you to just like directly pay them for their work. Um, And so I'm a big fan of playing games made by smaller teams, um, playing indie games um, or even just like, you know, games that like have a publisher, but that are made by five to 10 person teams that I want to support. Was, is Monument a $5 game or a $10 game? Monument Valley. Do you remember? Monument Valley, is that what it's called? Oh, I don't know. Um, That's one that I think of that I do think that I paid for that I loved yeah. and played again and again, you know? Yeah. Um, and is it, for me, a good example of like a smaller game that became extremely popular because the art was good and the game itself was really good. Yeah. They're they're much larger than they used to be, but still definitely one of the ones out there like making really incredible experiences that you can just like pay yeah. up front for. Um, they had a game. I think they've done like two Apple Arcade games, which is itself okay. a um, a subscription that you're paying for and you're not mm-hmm. really paying up front. So different, different business model, but um, making stuff that I respect. Um, stuff yeah. that is not like super microtransaction heavy. And also, like, I don't know, I talk a lot about games on the internet, so if you're looking for indie game recommendations, I got them. 
And then, I mean, you also said the thing, which is that like, you didn't think to spend money on games. I'm always about people like spending according to your values. You're getting to, you're getting yeah. like finance mat today, but it's like, no one, no one should be telling you like what is immoral or wrong to spend money on or uh-huh. like what you should be doing with your money. A hundred percent. If it's appealing to your values, that's a different thing. Right. Um, but like be spending money according to your own values. And that's why, for example, like there's, there's certain things in my life I don't want, but one that I do is to spend a couple hundred bucks on Marvel snap over, you know, a year. Yeah, right. Sure. And just say like that, I valued that and that is a thing that I I found important in some small way. Um, and, you know, that is $200 that, sure, I don't know, it could have gone to some other thing that somebody else expected of me, but that's not something that I needed uh, yeah. or that I valued. Yeah, I mean, I recently took um, a, a financial planning class because I am uh, have no... Listen, I think that I've said clearly enough that like I don't understand fake money in video games. <laughs> um, I also do not understand real money in the real world. I do understand the consequences of not having money, you know, having grown up very poor um, and, you know, have been barely lived, had points in my life where my rent was $350 and I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent, you know, mm-hmm. Um So I took this financial planning class and like a lot of it was oriented around like give your money a job. Right. And like I I, I love that class a lot, too, because to your point of like spend the money on the things that make you happy. Right. Like, okay, yes, make a budget and budget it out. But that five dollars a month, you know, cutting out the coffee, if the coffee is what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. We're all doing our very best to survive under capitalism. And if you can set up your budget so that maybe you don't have the coffee every day, but you can have it two times a week, then let's set up your budget so that it includes the money for Marvel Snap, so that it includes a book. Or even if you do it more often than then you think would be respect respect you know respected by other people if you do want coffee twice a day 6 days a week and you've yeah. got the money for it uh, attribute your budget in a way that aligns with your values which seems to be 12 coffees a week and forget the guilt yeah 100% 100% i mean like it was literally like you know eat the donut every day right like mm-hmm. save the money to buy the donut every day because if the donut is what makes you happy and keeps you alive then like eat the fucking donut right <laughs> exactly. you know cuz like cuz that's the thing yeah and so like I, I when i when we started talking about this or when i talked with my partner about like you know spending money on you know phone games or whatever for me, the fascination is not from a place of judgment. I have, I hold no judgment for Mm -hmm. people who spend money on this. It is just, it is just fascination because I don't think of it as a (laughs) thing to do. Like I see that and I go, well, guess I'm going to set my phone down for 30 seconds and watch this ad. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think of doing the thing that would skip that step in the process. And like, I will say that uh, we haven't really talked about it yet, but uh, in the free to play games that use ads, right. Mm -hmm. Rather than um, like more direct, um, like paying to progress or paying to win features. 
I think that there is also a part of it that is like, I grew up in a household where there was like a big cultural stigma against ads and like Mm. being persuaded by an ad to buy something. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, there's certainly an element of like financial insecurity here that like is important to name for my family was like a lot of it was like, no, you cannot have that. No, we cannot afford it. I don't care what the ad made you think. Right. Right. But and then like I grew up and I like got into these activist spaces and then now I'm like reading and like being super judgmental of like the way that we're advertised medications on television, you know, and like I work in organizing and marketing and think a lot about how we sell things to people and how we manipulate people. And like there is part of my personal identity that is really rooted around like I can't be gotten by an ad. An ad can't get me. I'm smarter than the ads. The ad comes on my screen. I'm putting my phone down and I am smarter than the ad. I'm smarter than what they're trying to sell me. And like the reality is, is that's fucking not true. Advertising does work on me. I at TikTok, the way that they have figured out how to monetize TikTok shop is both so fucking annoying and it works so i still don't have tiktok shop everyone has tiktok shop i don't have it i don't know where matt have you updated your tiktok app yes i update all my apps all the time i'm like an update everything person that's wild to me because my feed is pretty much exclusively tiktok shop ads okay at this point right but the like there there are ads that get me right like it is actually just like a I I am the like the ad executive's nightmare of like I am a critical consumer. Right. And so like part of the whole thing is like I'm saying it's not I don't hold it against people, but I would be embarrassed. Like I would experience shame and stigma if I spent money not from anyone else. From, from myself. myself. And we're yes. back to, and now we're back to things that I have also talked about in therapy, <laughs> right? Um, I think my own worst critic, et cetera. It is so funny to me um, that that is actually most of the story here, I think, um, is that, like, I feel like this actually wouldn't be that interesting if there weren't some version of that for everyone in the culture, right? Like, yeah. the idea that people are meant to feel shame for spending money in these games is itself like tied to something like that, mm-hmm. right? That is just like a general, like more general cultural phenomenon. One that I see a bunch is people talking about YouTube thumbnails, mm. right? Like YouTube thumbnails are, call it clickbaity. Uh, can we talk about that word another time? Um, but or they're, <laughs> they are meant to elicit an emotion, right? So that you click, right? Yeah. I also dislike a lot of YouTube thumbnails, but you know what? When I stopped putting my face in thumbnails for creative reasons, I stopped getting consistent views, mm-hmm. right? And that was a decision I made and a trade-off that I knew was coming, right? Yeah. Because I wanted to make slower content on purpose. But, like, there's reasons people do these things and, like, one million percent, you are not immune to these, no matter what you think. You might be more critical. Absolutely. You can uh-huh. probably engage in a conversation with yourself about these things in ways that people that don't think about them, right? Don't have this conversation, but you're, you're not immune. No, like no right. one is like, this is Absolutely some of these things, not. the things that, that, um, these systems leverage are sort of built into the human experience. Right. And, and our yeah. larger cultural experience. I don't want to say that like things are necessarily, um, down to like just humanity. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah. Anyway, so that's Marvel Snap, and that is free yeah. to play games. Yeah. In general, uh, my takeaway is that uh, you should pay the people, the individual people that you like, for the things that they make. Um, yeah. And as always, our takeaway is pay artists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, you know what? We don't have a Patreon, and that's probably not going to happen for a while. But you should go find somebody else that you like. Yeah. Um, and give them some of your money. And I mean, if you want to Venmo me five dollars, I'm not going to be bad about it. Yeah. We, <laughs> we do have to pay for recording software. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that's my general take. Is, is if this stuff. Um, upsets you or you want to feel better about you want to use then pay artists you know yeah go go pay scout to make you something at co-fi.com slash humble (laughs) goat i really really love how you get away with not ever having to say (laughs) what you think the name of that website is i think it's ko-fi ko-fi i think it's ko-fi okay okay but I and I also want to say like if you feel shame or stigma for spending money on things that bring you joy while trying to survive under capitalism or if you're spending money on games and you are worried that we have judged you here, I want to say I release you from that shame <laughs> and stigma. You are good and worthy and like you get to do things that bring you joy and there is nothing embarrassing about like having fun having something that brings you fun and i mean i think like it's it's worth spelling out too the there are risks like that that poker tilt right like Mm -hmm. i think matt one of the things that i really love about this conversation is like i have really loved getting to hear your self-awareness of like knowing that you were like oh this feels bad for me actually this is not bringing me joy this is Mm -hmm. not making me feel good this is not fun for me and so i'm going to step away from that thing and think about what was it that made it not fun for me and how do i get back to enjoying it in a way that is fun right Mm -hmm. and like i think that's a so grown up and so mature and so healthy. Wow, look at you go. I definitely there I have learned to feel anxiety in my body because of Marvel Snap in a way that mm-hmm. I never could before. Um wow. and like that is uh shout out to therapy to begin with. <laughs> I'm not gonna blame Marvel Snap for that one. Um I in fact was more anxious for a time because of Marvel Snap. But that's a me thing. I don't think this sure. game is like intentionally going to make everyone anxious. That's just me not being able to deal with not being the best at things. And that's a personal flaw. So yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's one many of us struggle yeah. with. So. <laughs> uh, well, do you have anything else to say? Um, no. Okay. Well, no, we didn't mention I, Genshin I think... Impact. I'll say Genshin Impact <laughs> is another free-to-play game. And they play on a different thing called Gachapon, which is like... Um, those like coin insert, like insert coin machines and you get like one of the random uh-huh. toys. Yeah. Basically that mechanic exists in um, a bunch of games. They're called gotcha games now. And that's what Genshin Impact is. Okay. Genshin Impact is a free to play phone game. Yep. It's a free to play phone and like console game and PC game. It's okay. on everything. Fascinating. I'm probably not going to you know include what? that in the show. But. I learn so much every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. The singer that I was thinking of was, um, I just can't stop thinking about the Oratrice Mechanese Cardinal, <laughs> Danilise Cardinal, but. <laughs> Maybe I will put it in the show. <laughs> you know oh. what? It's fine. Oh my it's God. Fine. No, I, I, I don't have anything to add, Matt. I think other than, I, I do just like really genuinely want to like, say that 
my fast my fascination here is that it's not something that I think of, not yeah. that I think that it's bad or something that um people should it should or shouldn't do. You yeah. know, I think like in the grand scheme of things, this is so trivial, you know? Um, and that isn't intended to that shouldn't trivialize the enjoyment that we get out of it, mm-hmm. right? You know, I, I don't know. Well, hey. If you uh, <laughs> want to hear me say more things about Marvel Snap, mm-hmm. um, you can get them at Horton.live. That's where wow. you'll find my threads and my YouTube channel um, and a bunch of other things. Hey, AC, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at my own website, which I do remember the name of today. It's acfachi.com. That's A-C-F-A-C-C-I dot com. That is correct. Mm-hmm. You can always find the show at can'tletitgo.gay and on Instagram, Great website. threads, and TikTok at can'tletitgo.gay. You can find The Worst Garbage, who we thank so much for having us on, at theworstgarbage.online. We're in the Can't Let It Go channel there. Um, it's been real active and real happy with um, <laughs> the conversations in that channel. Um, and honestly, the TWG Discord is one of my favorite places on the internet. Um, again, we'll shout out Scout for making our artwork. That's ko-fi.com slash humblegoat. And my friend Ethan at Pragmatism on Twitter for our music. Um, I think I said this last recording, but he just released an album under the name Ethan yeah. from Primer. It's real good, and I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. Next time, I think it's a big one. It's a big one. It's finally here. We're going to do Barbie. Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited to watch this movie again and uh, get to talk about it with you. Yeah, maybe we should make a plan to like simul, simul watch it. Yeah, uh, we'll figure it out. But maybe then we would spoil it, the episode, in text messages for each other. I, I don't, don't know. know. A thing that AC and I have had conversations about recently is texting each other for content. No. <laughs> Not me texting my uh, friends for content. Uh, so maybe we will avoid that so that we're not texting each other for content. Hey, we're going to make an episode about the Barbie movie. What have you guys been texting about in the last two weeks? The Barbie movie. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. Uh, it's yeah. so good. It, I can't wait. I'm excited to talk about it with you. Yeah. Well... We'll talk to you next time. Bye. <laughs> PWG, the worst garbage, the online. According to the judgment of the Oratrice Mécanique d'Analyse Cardinal, we now turn to the Oratrice Mécanique d'Analyse Cardinal. The judgment of the Oratrice Mécanique d'Analyse Cardinal.